Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, this is a first for us on the Ministry Marks Podcast. We actually have a request. <laughs> one of our <laughs> listeners. We have has, one listener. We have a listener. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Mark Howard is that listener. And he requested this uh, podcast um, a, a few weeks back. He requested that we do a podcast on invitations. What is an invitation? Uh, is there a need for an invitation? And now there may be some liberals or some Calvinists out there that don't even know what an invitation is. <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas, if you would give us a basic definition of an invitation. Okay. So I'm sure that we could define that in numerous ways, but for us on this podcast, and I hope you would agree with me with this, is that when we are discussing the invitation, we are talking about an allotment of time that we place at the end of a service, a worship service, so people may respond immediately to the message in one way or another. Now, we can discuss later, and I'm sure we will discuss later, some of the ways people can respond to the message but that's a basic definition that I would say for the invitation, this allotment of time for people to respond immediately to the service in one way or another. Well, Thomas, that's a very good working definition. So let's go forward with that idea of an invitation. And the first question I want to ask you is, are invitations biblical? I believe so, because there is definitely this crossover idea between application, applying the biblical message, applying the Word of God, or even God applying His own message to the people and calling for them to respond. I think of one of the great passages of the Old Testament, and that is Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. That's definitely an appeal. It is a time where God is calling them, and He is wanting them to respond to the message that He is delivering to them. So He is giving an invitation. Come now, let us reason together. It's an invitation for the Israelite people. We know there's a lot we could say about Jesus and his preaching, but this is what I'll say about it. His preaching was almost, almost always contained a call to respond. And, and I'm just going to go through a couple of phrases for you, and you'll automatically recognize those. Jesus would be talking, and he would say something like, come unto me. You know, those who are uh, burden, heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. That's a, that's a call. That's an invitation to respond to the message. There are other times when he would say something like, follow me, uh, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's a call to respond. Abide in me and I in you, John chapter 15. That is a call to respond. Abide in me. So Jesus was applicational, and I would go on to say invent, invitational, that he was inviting people to do so in his preaching. So now here's the thing when we're talking about, is the invitation biblical? 
I would say, yes, the invitation is biblical. But I also would say that there's a difference between God's invitations and the invitations that we give. So he does so with the right motives. Sometimes we don't do so with the right motives. Yeah. He does so with the right words. Sometimes we don't have the <laughs> words to even to say to communicate right. what we want to. He, do, he just does so in a way that we never could. So I would say, yes, the invitation is biblical. Should we strive for our invitations to be biblical? Yes, but can they measure up to the invitations that God gives? No, we're always going to fail in that. So, so I, that's how I would respond to that question. Are the invitations biblical? Now, when we come to the invitation, one of the questions that I would have for, for you would be, what are some of the, what's a purpose of the invitation? Is the invitation only for evangelistic appeals? Or are there other ways that you can use the invitation? So how would you answer? Okay, that's a really good question. So I view the invitation as a time of personal commitment. Of course, as you've already mentioned at the end of a, of a declaration of gospel truth, um, but I would say it's a time of commitment. We preach for the purpose of applying scripture. So if a, if a, if a message has been three points and 30 minutes long, there may be two or three or even a half dozen points where a person could say, wow, the spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and I need to commit this to Christ. I need to commit that sin, that waywardness. I need to commit whatever it may be. And the invitation is a time of personal commitment. Now, I wish that everyone responded at every invitation, but hey, we pastor Baptist churches. That doesn't happen. Uh, but we're like kind of like in that sense, we're kind of like Jesus. Remember the rich young ruler? Hey, uh, good master, what must I do? Hey, it, go sell all you have, give to the poor, come follow me. Well, and he walked I don't away think very I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the people in my church walk away very sad very after sad. I preach too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So the invitation is one of those things where absolutely we want to give a person an opportunity to respond. And I believe there are certain things we can do. Now, like you've said, Wait. this is the work of the Lord. All go right. Ahead. Just let me let me follow up before you go on. So hold on to that thought. So when you say respond, you're talking about immediate response. Immediate we, response. We always want people to respond to our preaching, and some responses occur mo moments after the sermon in the invitation time, but then there mm -hmm. can be responses that occur five or ten years where yeah. there's this idea the sermon is still working in their life and they're still responding to the preach word. Yeah. But but you're you're talking about right now the immediate response. The immediate response. Yes. The immediate response. And it can be a spiritual response coming down, praying in the altar. Right. You know, something like that. It's kind of, it's what I have in mind. What, yes. what, yeah, is that your thoughts as well? Yeah. People respond yeah. one way or another to our messages. They always and respond. They're yeah. always responding, whether yes. they respond positively or negatively, they yeah. respond. Even if they respond by, as we would say, not coming down or not responding to the invitation call, they're still responding. And, and I just yeah. wanted to clarify that because I don't think you were meaning that yeah. people never respond 
it's one of those immediate response and then the stored responses or later responses or yeah. or something like that. Yes, yes, so, yes. So how can people respond, Im- immediate response yeah. to the sermon during the invitation time? I think the best way is to have an atmosphere which the Holy Spirit can work through. I believe there are some preachers, maybe even so there, there are some people that they that their invitational practices maybe uh, they maybe they maybe go too far or they try to add or manipulate or fabricate a response. That's not what we're about. No. That's not what we're looking for. There are some practices that are almost like a high pressure situation. Recently, my wife and I watched the history show channel called The Food That Built America. And it goes way back. Have you seen that, by <laughs> the way? Not, you I, need to watch that. I don't watch secular <clears throat> television. <laughs> <laughs> so The Food That Built America. Man, you lying. You lying. So The Food <laughs> that built America talks about some of the big boys in the industry, bird's eye with frozen food, Kellogg, Post, some of those foundational people. And then you get up to some of the people that were absolutely foundational, but they're more modern. You got the McDonald's brothers, and then you have uh, the guy, old Colonel, Colonel Sanders, Colonel KFC. Sanders. So he was looking at a way to make uh, fried chicken quicker to cook. And he took a pressure cooker and and changed some things around and made it a pressure fryer with oil in it. And they said it was very temperamental. As he was experimenting, they would pop and they would blow up and it was a high pressure situation until until finally he found the, the, the right modifications he had to make on a pressure cooker to make it a pressure fryer. He changed these things out and then he went around peddling the system showing how they could cook chicken in, in eight minutes. But as I was listening to that, I thought, that's what some people try to do. I'm going to make this invitation pop. If I have to, we're going to, we're going to condense the pressure. We're going to pay and somebody's going to respond. But Thomas, I just think about that old saying, if I can talk somebody into it, you can talk them out of it. Yeah. And so what I want an invitation to be is a focused point of what God may be trying to do in your life. I can elaborate on that unless you have a follow-up question. So what I'm hearing you say is you want people to have an authentic response to the message, not something that is based upon emotionalism or upon manipulation by you. And I'm sure that if we had the time that we could go through and discuss some of those times we've heard of, if you love Jesus and you love America, uh, raise your hand. Ten people got saved. You know, they raised their hand. Yeah. And and that is not that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a time where someone can respond immediately mm-hmm. and it's an authentic response by the by the Holy Spirit working in that person's life to get them to respond to God's word. So yeah. So you you said you had some follow up. So what would what would your follow up be? Then I've got a, an, another question, so we can move in a in a different direction as well. Okay. So one thing I try to do with an invitation, I begin my messages in a certain way. Uh, my introduction to to my message is built in a certain way. 
Sunday morning at Trinity Baptist Church, uh, I'm going to begin my message with a, we're talking about Helen Keller just for a moment. And she said, life is either a daring experience or nothing at all. I'm going to preach for about 30 minutes after that. And, and then I come back down to the closing and I always tie in my closing with my introduction. So I'm going to say, well, Helen Keller said life is either a daring experience or it's nothing at all. And then, and then I always end with an invitation question. I have it written in my notes, invitation question, kind of like a, kind of like the essence of the sermon. You might could say in a sentence, this is the essence of the sermon in a question. You might could say, and here's going to be my, this is my invitation question. Would you so dare to share the gospel? My, my, this message I'll be preaching in the first Corinthians chapter nine is an evangelistic message for our people to be evangelistically minded. And so I try to bring it all down to an invitation question. Hey guys, here's where we are. The passage has said this. And so this is what we can take away from it. This one point of application, are you willing? I am inviting you to take this challenge, you might could say, sometimes it's inviting you to place faith in Christ, inviting you to do whatever, but it's kind of the heart of the message. That's the way I look at an invitation. Let's bring it down to one yes or no question. Are you willing? Yes. Fantastic. Accept this invitation to follow through with this. That's kind of what I thought. Okay. That's, that's interesting. I, I've got some, I've got some questions. <laughs> I've got some questions about that. So you stated that you you always ask a question. So you, you end your, your, your sermons with this invitation time, and it's a rhetorical question that you're asking. Not necessarily rhetorical, uh, but rhetorical probably isn't the best way to explain that because you're wanting them to respond. Yes. So, but you give them two options, or do you give other options? Okay. Yeah. In sun in this Sunday's message, there are two options. Especially evangelistic yeah. message. There I you mean, go. you got two options. There's going to be believe two or don't believe. There you go. But 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 typically, typically I try I turn try to or burn. Turn right? or burn, baby. Yeah. So yeah, you know, honestly, I've never thought about it, but really, no matter what it is, we shake it all down. Now, throughout the message, I think there are different points of application throughout the oh, throughout yes, the message. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I the typical question I ask is a yes or no. Do you want to do this or do you not? And I hope for a response of yes. That's the way, that's the way my mind works. And our minds work differently, but that's what I do is really get it down to a point of fellowship. And I want them to follow the Lord closer after this sermon. Okay, so here's here's another question okay. that I have for you. How can people respond? Mm-hmm. In the invitation. Okay. So what I typically, I always say this, a point of response for you may be coming and talking with me. I'll be down front. We have other staff members that are down front. We have people that are down front you can talk with. You can come and talk with us if you need to talk through something. That can be a point of response. Uh, Another point of response is coming and praying before the Lord, committing yourself to him in the altar in front of our church and in, you know, in front of the people of our church or the point of response very well may be you committing your, your, your walk to the Lord in the privacy of your prayer between you and God right now and allowing that to result in a closer fellowship and fellowship Monday morning. So that's, that's what I try to do is say, come, you talk with me, come, come, come pray or do a, a private commitment where you are in the pew that you're going to follow through with, with your walk. Maybe that's not the best, but that's kind of what I, that's the way I think through it. The reason I'm asking that is because 
one of my favorite preaching books is H.C. Yeah. Brown's preaching book. It's a quest for reformation and preaching. And and he has a statement in the yeah. book about the invitation, how people can respond yeah. in the invitation. And you care if I read it to you? Man, read it. The invitation may take the form of a challenge for action in the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A call for a counseling session with the pastor. Uh -huh. uh, you've said that. A call for public committal of some type. Mm -hmm. A challenge for overt conduct in everyday life to reveal the decision in the heart. Or a call for some combination of these. Okay. I mean, that's good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. And I've never read that. And But obviously, what I was thinking goes along the lines of what he's teaching. Yes. So, yeah. so it can be something, a, a way a person responds in the heart. There yes. are responses that are not visible for other people to see. But yeah. some of the visible responses are, as you mentioned, calling. They can come down and they can talk to you. Yeah. They can counsel with you. They can counsel about uh, for this Sunday, I'm sure it's going to be about salvation or on another sermon, uh, it may be counseling with you about their marriage or about sure, sure. whatever the whatever issue may was. be. But then there's also those times of public commitment. Hey, yeah. if, if if you're going to live your life this way, why can't why would you come to the altar come to the front of the church mm -hmm. and bow in prayer, commit yourself to God and let it be a public commitment for everyone else here as well, you know, for yeah. that, that they see that you are doing. So, yeah. so I think those are some ways and, and you yeah. mentioned that and I thought HC Brown there went through that very well. Yeah. Now this is my question. Okay. In the typical Southern Baptist church, mm -hmm. how does the invitation normally go okay if, what wouldn't be okay if we're calling people to respond yeah what do you think most invitation times are calling people to respond to i would say that the answer to your question is calling them to respond to an evangelistic message calling them to respond to the call of salvation come and be saved but I, I would say the average listener at a Baptist church is saved. And if they think the average response is come and be saved, oh, well, I marked that box 17 years ago. So there's so the invitation for them is gather your Bible and your purse and your kids and get ready to head out the back door is yeah. what I'm afraid. So should the invitation be uh, congruent? Should there be continuity between the sermon and the invitation. I think there should be. I think there should be. If this is a if this is a message on adultery, I think the invitation is all y'all adulterers come down here and pray and get it right, and you'll have <laughs> no one come. But yes, all right. Now, I do think my so. Follow up question. Okay, another follow up question. <laughs> have you ever heard anyone preach about uh, discipleship, or preached about marriage, or preached yeah. about whatever it may be? Yeah. And then they get time to the invitation and yeah. and their invitation has nothing to do with the sermon. It is all evangelistic. Yes. And I feel there is something in us, us preachers, 
that we want to draw the net. And even though we might preach a message on discipleship or some of the other subjects you just mentioned, whenever it gets down to the invitation, there is something ingrained in us where we say, well, we need to mention Jesus and his death and his resurrection and that a person can be saved by place of faith in Christ. And sometimes there is a disconnect between the invitation and the message, which probably hurts the response of the people. If we've been talking for 30 or 40 minutes about discipleship, uh, we need to call for an invitation for practical discipleship, uh, to, to, to commit to discipling someone or whatever the case may be. So yeah, there is there can be a disconnect. What else are you thinking about All this? All right, so I'm going to put him on the spot here. Okay. Uh, I know that he hasn't studied this, but yeah. or he has studied this. Yeah. He probably won't remember it Who's right here. Who you're talking about? You. Me? Oh, okay. I'm talking to our reader, <laughs> our listeners right now. Uh, he may not get this. And so what are the six objectives of preaching? Uh, yeah, it's been a long time, Thomas. Yeah, I don't, So I don't comforting, mm-hmm. consecrate, consecrative, devotional, doctrinal, evangelistic, ethical. Uh-huh. And so whatever your sermon is about, the objective of the sermon should lead into the invitation. So if you're preaching an ethical sermon about not doing drugs, yeah. the invitation time should be a call for people who may be doing, doing drugs. drugs to come and make a personal commitment not to do that and for people to hold them accountable. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Uh Do you think it is appropriate to have more? We would call that the invitational call, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever the sermon is about, there's this invitational call that aligns with the sermon. Yeah. So if I am preaching a consecrative we want you to serve, and I want you to serve at Holly Baptist Church yeah. today, yeah. you know, this yeah. afternoon. Do you think there is appropriate to change the invitational call if the first one does not work mm-hmm. or no one responds? Or if people do respond, do you think it would be okay to change the invitational call after a moment? And which one would you change it to? I've got, I know what I'll, I'm saying right now. I think it would be appropriate. Now, continue on with what you're thinking. What would you change it to? It would be, I think it's completely appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then I would change it to an evangelistic appeal. Yeah, I got you. Not that I necessarily want people to respond, you know, yeah. that I have to have that for affirmation. I, I want people to respond to God's message and yeah. God's calling on their life. Yeah. So what I might would do Mm-hmm. would, if I was preaching an ethical sermon, mm-hmm. have that first appeal so that though that it aligns completely with my sermon. Mm-hmm. But then as I got to it, after that kind of passed, I may would turn and say, maybe you're here yeah. and God has been pulling on your heart. He, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to salvation yeah. and you want to counsel with someone. You want to talk to someone about that. Yeah. then you can respond now as well. Yes. And then maybe even, even further than that and go into another call to respond as well. Maybe sure. you're here and you never uh, followed through in believer's baptism and you yeah. know that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you want, so I, I think that would be yeah. like a funnel. You start out very large yeah. And then you begin to narrow the results to the very end yeah. until that final 
that final call. I think it's okay mm-hmm. to always to give an evangelistic appeal in the invitation time or at the end of the sermon. But I also believe that if you're going to preach for 30 minutes about ethical issues, begin mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. and then move to the evangelistic appeal. So that's, yeah. that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. Hey, and I totally agree with you. And, and my thought about an invitation is if there is no invitation, then what? It would, uh, let me go back several years ago. It was, there was a large group of young people and a preacher came in preached a message. Uh, it wasn't very evangelistic, but but still, he preached a biblical message. And then when he got to the conclusion of his sermon, he just said, basically, hey, thank y'all guys for coming. We'll see you next time. You're dismissed. And I thought, what? Why? No invitation. And I wanted, because there were a ton of people there, and I would have loved for him to have challenged them in some sense. And whenever he did that that day, I thought, he let them off the hook. He let him off. He had, he had, he had a good thing going and just cut it off, cut it flat. And he never challenged the hearer to respond to the message that he had presented. And I think the invitation is a chance for us to, to really fine tune, maybe get the scalpel out, fine tune what God is doing and the way the Lord may be working or what we think, how we think the Lord can use this message. As you mentioned, the Lord can use the message any way he sees fit. He can do whatever exactly. he wants to do. And I think it is our, our point for a time of invitation is to focus the listener's attention to what God is wanting to do in their hearts and lives. And so that's all we're doing is we're not trying to manipulate. We're just trying to guide to that point of the service is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I would agree completely. Now, this is another question very similar to what you have just discussed. Do you think it's okay not to have an invitation? Okay. Um, I would have to say yes, because on Wednesday services at Trinity Baptist, we don't have an invitation. We don't. We do a uh, Sunday morning Bible study. We do a Wednesday evening Bible study. I give no invitation. If I had to say, if I said you are not supposed to preach by giving an invitation, I would I would be an hypocrite. And so in, in a, and I'm not hypocritical. In a Bible study setting, uh, we don't give invitations. In a Sunday school setting, we're not giving invitations. Uh, but now every time I get behind a pulpit, I don't on a Wednesday, I don't preach from a pulpit. Uh, every time I get behind, if I'm preaching for the point of application, well, every even Bible study is for the point of application. So again, I, yeah. I, and I think right now we, we need to make sure that we continue to clarify what we are saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, by invitation, we are talking about the allotment of time mm-hmm. after the end of a worship service so a person can respond immediately to the message. I don't always give an invitation. Uh-huh. On Sunday night, I'll, I will always give an invitation time, have an invitation time on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. That may change. The way I'm doing that changes. But I will not always give one on a Sunday night. Sometimes on a Sunday night, if I've been preaching about consecrative, living your life as a godly example for other people, then what I will do is I will make an appeal Mm -hmm. at the end of the sermon, at the end of the service. And I'll say tonight, I'll say something similar to this. Tonight, 
We're not going to have an invitation time, but I want you to respond to this message as you live your life this week and for the remaining time. It, you can walk this aisle and you can, you can pray, but it really matters how you're going to live it outside of these walls. And I would rather you respond in that way. Yeah. And so it's still an appeal. It is an appeal. It is an invitation to follow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's an appeal for them to apply God's word to their heart or to their life, but we're not yeah. having an invitation time. Yes. So I think we can have services without an invitation time. Yes. But there are those, those instances where we need an invitation. Yes. Yeah. We need that invitation time because it's clear that God is moving in their life. Yeah. Uh, in the congregation's life as you're preaching that you want them the opportunity to respond immediately. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. One thing I heard several years ago about invitations, this was back in 2011. It was the first Southern Baptist convention I ever attended. Greg Matt, I believe that's how you say his name, uh, pastor of First Baptist Houston was preaching. He said they had a firm come in and look at their church and look at the minister of their churches and what, their minister of their church and was looking at what could be changed or what needed to uh, be changed. And they came to him with a critique and said, do you know your invitations are the same? You never do anything different. It is the same thing every week. And they challenged him to make invitations unique, just as if a sermon is unique, an invitation should be unique. And he said that challenge really hit home with him. And he tried to, uh, to he looked at invitations in a different way and tried to make them unique just as a sermon. And so Greg was saying that that he looks at an invitation just as he looks almost, almost like if you had a three-point sermon, the invitation was the fourth point. How am I going to build this invitation to work with the message that has come? So I think he would challenge pastors to be inventive, to be uh, uh, to be artful whenever it comes to giving an invitation call. So you said earlier that your normal practice is, yes. to, That's it. is to end the sermon. Yeah. At, I don't follow what Greg Matt says. I just said, <laughs> listen to what he says. <laughs> it was good. You just, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> my, my question uh -huh. would be, how have you varied that invitation time okay. and ask people to respond. Yeah. So my invitation question is different every week. I, I, I try to be, I try to word my invitation question to be the essence of the sermon. And so that every sermon is different. So every week it might be, think about this and now let's, how are we going to apply this? But whatever it may be, it is a different thought process. Even though I use the same format, invitation question, I use a different thought process in the lives of the hearer, or at least I expect them to go to a different place because of the of the subject of the of the sermon. So at Pleasant Ridge, when I was there as pastor, one of the things that I did one Sunday that was memorable, um, for me, I don't know if it was for them, but for me, it was memorable. There, I don't even remember the sermon that I was preaching, but the the time of response was, "Would you just come stand by me?" Mm -hmm. If if you're committed to the church and to the ministry of the church, would you just come stand by me here in the yeah. in the altar while I'm standing here? And, you know, one after another that began to walk up there. And it was just a memorable uh, yeah. experience. 
uh, for me that time because you know you just stop and you look and and there are other people who are responding saying yeah we're committed to the ministry that God has given to us with this church and so that, that's one of the ways that that I've varied that yeah I've heard of other ways as well you know going outside filling out cards pr- going and praying with someone you know some other ways to use that that invitation time I'm sure there's a lot more we could say about invitations and we might pick this subject back up. Hey, if you've got some questions about the invitation or questions that we have said along the way, then of course you can contact us and we have email addresses. And my email address is thomas at ministrymarks.com. And my email address is david at ministrymarks.com. Tune in again next time for the Ministry Marks podcast.